This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, Mayor Mike Johnston said he was going to house a thousand people off the streets before the end of 2023, but there's only a month left and he's still a long ways off. So me and producer Paul Caroli are talking about the city councilwoman who's lost faith in Johnston's plan. Plus, your thoughts on Chili Rellenos and ideas for the Museum of Denver. Today is Tuesday, November 28th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Are you in full Christmas mode now that Thanksgiving's over? Um, Greg had to pull all four of my giant Tupperwares out of the basement with all my de- decorations. We got a tree. Uh, I've already watched Elf, Home Alone, Muppet Christmas Carol, what? Grinch, and uh, my favorite holiday movie of all time, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've watched twice. Since um, Thursday? Yeah. My God. I am Clark Griswold inside. That is me. Um, And then, of course, my Christmas playlist. Of course, your famous Christmas playlist. It's ongoing for all the Christmas freaks. It's four hours long, but I add to it every year. Well, we'll put uh, a link to that playlist (laughs) in the show notes um, for everyone who's interested (laughs) in Bree's Christmas Mix 2023 edition. Um, Let's get into the news of the week, though. We've got an interesting topic here to start with. so yeah, Thanksgiving's over. That means we're kind of in the final stretch here for our new mayor, Mike Johnston, and his uh, his effort to house a thousand unhoused people by the end of the year. Uh, it's part of his bigger promise to end homelessness in Denver in his first term. Mm-hmm. Um, however, according to his own dashboard on the city's website at the time of recording now, uh, only 292 people have been housed out of that thousand about a month ago. Bree. Yes or no? Do you you think he's going to do it? I mean, no. (laughs) Doesn't look good. But I also, from the beginning, felt that this was like an ambitious goal that I wondered if it was the best idea. Hmm. But, you know, he's in charge. He had some, he obviously had some foresight on to thinking that would work. I think it's just a lot. It's a lot to a promise. And looking at those numbers now, yeah, I mean, we've got a month. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think what's interesting is what's happening now when um, when his ambitious goal and like the implementation is creating some tension. Sure. And maybe like, what's the next step? You know, or is, it gonna, is he going to stay as energized once there are some detractors? Like um, as happened last week, Denverite reported that um, District 11 City Councilman Stacey Gilmore ha- uh, has come out uh, and publicly become kind of a, a big critic now yes. of uh, the Johnson administration. Um, so this is our friend Kyle Harris is reporting that I guess Gilmore has resigned as chair of city council's safety, housing, education, and homelessness committee saying she will not quote, be an actor in this political drama. Yeah. There were some spicy quotes in this piece oh uh, from so councilwoman spicy. Gilmore, but um, yeah, so this committee, the safety, housing, education, and homelessness committee is basically handling this homelessness crisis or at least it's like the it's the, the city check. it's the council's arm of this conversation and mm-hmm. yeah that's sort of check to 
Mayor Johnston's work. Um, So back in July when he was sworn in, he held a press conference to declare homelessness a state of emergency. And uh, at that time, council supported it. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it's gone on, so Councilwoman Gilmer was the head of this committee. And um, she said that she's just been really frustrated with the administration in general over this situation. Uh, she says that the mayor was late to a community meeting in her own district about the situation, mm-hmm. and that frustrated her. Um, she says his office has given her less than a week's notice to promote community sessions in general when the mayor was going around talking about right. homelessness with Those the neighborhood. town halls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and her her concern was um, her constituents, are many of them are working people, and if you have less than a week's notice, you can't get child care, you can't get out of work. And she was just afraid that her constituents weren't being able to be heard by the mayor. Um Another concern she has with this overall plan is that it's, quote, consolidating poverty in black and brown neighborhoods, where we've seen some of these hotel shelters pop up. I know we've talked to Councilwoman Chantel Lewis about this situation. She had a similar concern. I mean, um, it's happening. That's the reality. Absolutely. The people that he has been able to house and the progress that he has been able to make, it seems like it's happening more in, in neighborhoods like Northeast Park Hill like that Best Western right off I-70, like that was a lot of, that's a lot of units coming online and it's in a neighborhood that already has a lot of shelters. And this was something I, I feel like we asked the mayor about as well, because I have to say as a constituent, it was my concern too. Mm-hmm. I know the kinds of neighborhoods that end up shouldering the uh, responsibility of this a lot. And it is neighborhoods like mine, uh, Councilwoman Gilmore, Montbello. And um, I think it feels like he's trying but those other neighborhoods are pushing back really strongly. And that's why we saw like a cancellation of a micro community in Golden Triangle, the one uh, in Overland, I think. They at least downsized it. The downsized the one in Overland. There was they one in your the neighborhood. One, uh, in by that Holly Hills pocket. And then they canceled right. the one in my neighborhood. Those were both the private owners of the land pulling out. And I think that's what that speaks to to me is like, it's just harder. Like we, yeah. in the neighborhoods that are nicer, you know, richer, more mm-hmm. money, it's harder to get land. It's harder to get space. Whereas in poorer neighborhoods, it's, it's, it's cheaper. It's easier, easier to make progress. That's what I see happening. I also some, gleaned something from this piece from Kyle Harris, too, that um, that Councilwoman Gilmore just doesn't feel like they're getting adequate notice in the first place. Hmm. And I have heard that from other residents in the stories quoted about these other cancellations and changes was that they're just not getting enough notice. Mm-hmm. And so I can see where that would present a problem. If you don't know what's happening in your neighborhood, you're going to be a little bit surprised and, and probably understandably upset if it's something that maybe you don't fully support. Hmm. Speak to the spice, though, from Councilman yeah. Gilmore. Oh, this man. is, I mean, she's well, this is not usual she, for her, not in my memory. At I least. have to say, same. And um, so this wasn't the first time she sort of pushed back against Johnston. I remember a few weeks ago we talked about her. Um, she kind of made this call out on social media. She made a video that said Johnston's not being um, transparent about the budgeting process. And that was back when we were, you know, looking at the budget, and we asked him about this and. He said that Councilwoman Gilmore had requested a list of projects that each department had proposed. And he said he didn't um, deliver those because no mayor, there was no precedent for that. Hmm. So things that had not been funded, it was just like what they would like money for. Yeah, which is curious. Still feels like talking past each other a little bit. But also like talking about Spice, she called uh, this this current situation with the housing up dog and pony show. Um, She said, quote, we have a migrant crisis, but you know what, I'm not here to fulfill somebody's campaign promise. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to be an actor within this political drama, as you said. So, it, yeah, it's 
I don't know. I I see the uh, the other struggle. I think she she talked about was like um, this is taking up a lot of her time, and she's not having the time that she would like to address her constituents' needs directly. So it's, uh, but I I don't know how the Curious. balance of time happens here when you're working. I mean, city councils pulled in all directions all the time. I have to imagine this is something that they deal with. Um, and also, I do want to note that uh, Denverite reached out to the mayor's office and they declined an interview. Well, but we'll ask him about this soon enough for sure. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. There's so, something else that uh, dropped the exact same day as these comments from uh, Councilman Gilmore, a report from CBS Colorado. I mean, everyone had this, but um, apparently uh, Mayor Mike Johnston has now uh, identified another hotel that he wants to buy. Um, this is in Southeast Denver, the Embassy Suites on Hampton Avenue, just south of Bible Park. Yeah. So he's not actually bought it yet, but he said, I want to buy this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this so, would be an interesting spot yeah. because we don't Why? have Why? we we don't have something like this over there right now. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's little if any homelessness services in this part of the city. Yeah, I generally don't think so. it's downtown, you know. Um he he wants he sees this particular embassy suites as a place for temporary housing for 200 families and to create a place for children who can't use other shelters cuz most shelters are adult oriented shelters. So um I mean, this would be another 200 mm-hmm. people to house, potentially even more, 200 families. So that could be a couple more if they can get it online. But the question is, can they? City how council, much you got to pay for it? Yeah, how much you have to pay? And that's so the city council has to approve that as well. But yeah, the budget part of it is going to be interesting. Uh, do you know this hotel? I don't know this I hotel. I have to tell you. I do. I think it's the, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure it's the hotel I went to for many years to cover Nandesucon, which was the big anime convention here in Denver, <laughs> which I covered mm. uh, for Westward for many years. I'm not an anime. I'm not in this world at all. How did you get this beat? Um, Jenny McManus, who used to run it, uh, I I interviewed her once and she was so friendly and so cool and so inviting. She said, come on down. And I just enjoyed it so much. I like, you know, I like seeing people with their people. And um, oh, it's yeah. it's just kind of fun. You see people in costumes. You get to meet vendors who do like art around their favorite anime. There was all these cool panels with voice actors. I don't know. I always enjoyed it. So I did go to that hotel quite a lot. <laughs> do, you, do you think it, it seems like a good fit? I mean, the neighborhood, what kind of stuff's over there? I mean, it, we had the reality. The reality is every 
neighborhood needs housing like this. Yeah. So it, to yeah. me, it's perfect for its location. And then it, we know there's unhoused folks there. And I, the focus on families, on the family aspect to me, makes a lot of sense over here. Hmm. So hmm. we'll see. Um, one more thing on this topic. Uh, President Joe Biden is reportedly coming to Denver today, uh, Tuesday. He's, I guess, going to be visiting a wind farm in Pueblo on Wednesday. Um, they were supposed to do this uh, visit a few weeks ago back, but then there was the Hamas attack, uh, on Israel. And then, you know, that whole situation that the president had to, uh, focus on. Um, but he's coming back. Uh, do you think there's any chance that he stops in Denver to, to give mayor Johnston a little cheerlead, a little boost? It says he's going to be in Denver to participate in a campaign reception, Hmm. which is very vague. However, we do know that there's federal, there's a federal program that Colorado has been involved with, uh, or Denver. I don't know if it's Denver or Colorado specifically. I think Denver just added. Just for for a a, a bigger housing, uh, like a bigger housing funding that's coming from the federal level. So I would think absolutely he's going to be having a meeting with Mayor I feel jo- like it, yeah. Johnston, I would think so. Um, but I did, my favorite part actually about the story was that um, Polis's email, we are thrilled to welcome President Joe Biden to Pueblo, the home of heroes and the best green chili in the world, the Pueblo chili. <laughs> he is just, he loves to talk about that chili. Oh, our governor? Yeah. I mean, I guess so do we. Hey, why not? It's great. <laughs> um, my take on this, I feel like Biden's going to Pueblo because it's Bobert country. He wants to push the needle in the Bobert uh, the Bobert race coming up next November. I mean, we know she's got a fight on her hands, and we're going to talk about that. I think before the end of the year, but it would make sense because mm-hmm. I mean, think about mm-hmm. last time around. They mm-hmm. people did not. I mean, the GOP Colorado GOP did not see that coming. That close race within six hundred votes. So, and I know we've learned from our politics correspondent Justine Sandoval. Like a lot of times, the parties don't focus on places that are just historically the uh, go the other direction and this was one of those interesting races so you could be right that mm-hmm. biden finger on the scale could mm-hmm. make a difference uh here we are at the end of the tuesday show um and as usual we've got a lot of uh, great comments from you My our favorite. brilliant and hilarious listeners My favorite um every tuesday we share a comment or two or a question and we got a couple here's one from stan p oh Stan's been a listener, I think, from the very beginning. Yeah, Stan's the best. Thanks, Stan. Always has great um, feedback or ideas. Here's, I mean, this one is no exception. Um, Stan writes, quote, from my experience, oh, I think Stan is responding to our the chili show we had on Monday with Justine right. Sandoval, our chili correspondent. Um, so Stan writes, quote, from my experience, the egg roll wrapped chili reinos are a north side invention, according to Gustavo Ariano, at least. Going back, along with the Mexican hamburger and the sausage sauce cheese chili wrapped in dough item we call a cannoli. Oh, yes. I don't think I have heard of that. What? Oh, it's a lechuga special on Little Devils. Oof. Paul, okay. <laughs> gotta get you one of those. I've never been to lechugas. Well, it's not. It's lacking ambiance since they closed their amazing bar. It's oh, really, really a to-go place, but mm. it's an, oh, it's my favorite. Mm. It's good. Old school Northside Red Sauce joint. Um, anyway, Stan goes on. I first had them. He's talking about chili rellenos as a child back in the seventies. So at least that long, uh, they've been around. In fact, the first time I went to California and, uh, the battered Anaheim chili showed up on my plate, I freaked out. Thank you as ever. I am, I am with you, Stan. And that if I received a chili relleno that was not wrapped in that, like the, the want sort of wonton wrapper, or egg roll yeah. wrapper, 
is such a better encasing of just straight batter, I would be horrified as well. I, so that is really, if it is a Colorado invention, we did something really right. Um, all right. Here's another uh, comment we got from a listener. This is a voicemail from uh, Kiara C about our uh, Museum of Denver episode last Ooh. week. Hi, Bree. This is Kiara Chavez from Valverde neighborhood, the best neighborhood in Denver. I think it would be amazing to have the Chicano movement represented in a Museum of Denver because I had recently learned that it was started here in Denver, and I mean, I would have thought that it would start somewhere in, like, California or even Texas because of their large Latino or Chicano populations, but it's fascinating to know that it was here in Denver where it started. Um, So that's a few of the things, and I think alongside with that, we just cannot celebrate the Chicano murals enough and just all around the art in Denver. So incorporating some elements of that would be amazing. And I also work for Denver Parks and Recreation. So always, 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 I think it's important to celebrate the work that is being done around the nature and the way that Denver fights to support people's access to the land and the use of it and just you know the mountains being our backyard we have to definitely give some love to that so those are my ideas thank you so much for your amazing work and i just can't celebrate y'all enough either so thank you bye Oh, shout out to my neighbor in Valverde. That's the neighborhood right across Federal from me. Um, Hmm. I love this idea. And what I love is uh, I remember the first time I learned this about us, like the Chicano civil rights. The Chicano movement? That it really, yeah, that we were this epicenter. And I didn't grow, I grew up not knowing that. And it just is like such a revelation when you learn it. It changes, to me, it changes the way I see everything in the city in a cool, really cool way. And I totally agree. I think that would be, to me, that would be one of those key components of the Denver Museum. Certainly. Certainly. And with the art and the music and the food and all of the beautiful things that come along with the protest and the political aspirations of uh, the Chicano community and all of the work that they did. I don't know. It's just like once you see it in the city, you start to see it underlying in all these other parts of the city. So I love that. And I also, you know, we're big Parks and Rec fans here. Like we love the park system here. And we do, I think we do need to, it needs to have a place in the museum to be like, man, our parks kind of rule. Yeah, I had an idea about the parks that I was thinking about proposing in that show, which was um, talking about Robert Spear, the old mayor and his city beautiful movement in the early 20th century. Because yeah. I remember I was doing a project at one point, a story about um, Hungarian Freedom Park and right. Alamo Placida Park right across the street. And I was doing some research at the Western History Department of the library. And I saw these old, uh, the original like drawings, designs for the parks. Oh, and cool. they were just these beautiful, like they're not blueprints but they were just like sketches and it was all fully colored in like stuff something like that like to show to represent like how thoughtful these green spaces have always been well and what it takes to create one because you know we enjoy them because they're there and they're natural environments but they were landscaped and created by someone to be enjoyable in those certain ways i also would be super down with like a parks edition of like some very denver centric t-shirts Mm. Shout out to Garland Park, my park growing up that you yeah. live right by. I'd I love to Garland Park t-shirt. Absolutely. I, I mean, I love I'm proud of the parks that I love. So that's a 
that's the merch idea I have for that. But I Stop man, ahead. seeing the blueprints would be up against photographs of the parks finished. That's a great cool. idea, Paul. Be cool. I love it. Well, Kiarasi, thanks so much for calling <sighs> in. So good. Great ideas. Great ideas. And uh, Brie, I think yeah. we're at the end of the show here. <laughs> Here we are. At We've been end. off for like eight days. How do we do this again? I don't remember. Uh, we always want to hear from you. Anything, any, yes. res, any, if yes. any show, maybe it's a show you just pulled up that is we did a couple months ago and you have a strong reaction to it. Give us a call um, on the always open CityCast Ever hotline, 720-500-5418. We, as always, love to hear from you. You often help us shape what shows come next and the questions that we want to answer. So give us a call. Um, Paul? I'll see you around later this week. See you, Brie. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell President Joe Biden about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. See ya.